It is great to have access to amazing fitness tech. It is great to have access to cool food trends. But if we can't have as many people as possible getting access to great, affordable healthcare, none of the other stuff really matters. Hello, Emily Abadi here coming to you from the AG studio. You are listening to Hurdle, a wellness-focused podcast where I connect with everyone from your favorite athletes to top experts and industry CEOs about their highest highs, toughest moments, and everything in between. We all go through hurdles in life, and my goal through these discussions is to empower you to better navigate yours and move with intention so that you can stride toward your own big potential and, of course, have some fun along the way. For this week's installment of Hurdle Moment, I am chatting with Kate Spees. She is the general manager over at Well and Good, and she is here to talk to me all about Well and Good's 2022 wellness trends. Every year, as she talks to us about in the episode, the editorial site comes together to highlight the coolest, the biggest, the baddest, the things that we need to know about going in to a new year. And this year, a lot of these are super interesting. We talk about concierge medicine and the cycling boom to AI fitness and all things pelvic floor. I mean, this discussion has a lot of goodness in it and a lot of interesting takeaways. And if you've been a hurdler for some time, then you know that this is actually Kate's second appearance on the show. So thanks so much, Kate, for indulging us once again. We are inching toward a holiday weekend. Whether or not you are celebrating, make sure with everything going on that you stay safe, have fun, enjoy the little moments and find the small wins because I know that the holidays can be a lot of things for a lot of people. I also want to make sure that I tout the Hurdle socials. Make sure you're following along with Hurdle over on social media. The WNBA may or may not have tweeted Hurdle the other day, and I kind of lost my mind. <laughs> and I'm also over at Emily Abadi. With that, let's get to hurdling. Today, I'm sitting down with Kate Spees. She is the general manager over at Well and Good. How are you doing, Kate? I'm good. Thanks for having me, Emily. Of course. Thanks for coming to hang out with me. I'm excited because we're winding down the year. It's like a nice little exhale in some ways, but of course, we would be remiss if we didn't reflect on where we've been and think about where we're going. So today, we are here to talk about well and Good's 2022 fitness trends. What you guys see is coming down the pipe for us in the new year. Talk to me about putting this list together, what it was like for you guys. It's always a ton of work. Huge credit to the whole Well and Good editorial team because we really start working on this list in August, sometimes actually even a little bit earlier in July. And so the team are, of course, constantly talking to sources in the industry, experts, founders, 
people who are pouring VC dollars into various different verticals. And so they very much have their finger on the pulse. But come summer every year, they start to have more forward-looking conversations and get together their ideas for what they think is going to be huge in 2022. They then pitch it to myself and our executive editor, Abby, and, you know, we kind of ruminate on the ideas, think about, you know, given what we know, what we think has legs, and then we start to assign them out and months of research, including interviews, reading studies, talking to more founders and experts happen until we get our final list. And then, you know, the writing starts, the editing starts, and then we release our list in early December after those months and months of work. <laughs> Absolutely nothing goes into this is basically nothing. what you're trying to tell Easy. us. <laughs> they just, you know, we put out our fingertips and they shoot out. <laughs> <laughs> they shoot out. Well, today we're here to focus specifically on both the health and fitness trends that you guys found. Let's kick things off with the fitness side of things. One of the trends you found here, fitness powerhouses becoming one-stop wellness shops. Talk to me a little bit about what you guys mean by that. Yeah, I love this trend because I think that what we've seen over the past couple of years is that really the fitness vertical has been accelerated about a decade into the future. So fitness was one of those areas that when everyone was forced out of gyms and, you know, staying safer at home, really everyone in this vertical had to innovate in such an impressive way. And so what we're seeing now is that consumers are incredibly aware of their well-being and they're even more aware of the fact that their well-being means much more than just their physical health. So people are looking for fitness solutions, nutrition guidance, mental health support, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And so very savvy fitness founders and CEOs of big fitness brands have seen this need and they are really pushing into the space of, as you said, becoming one-stop wellness locations, third spaces, I guess. And so some examples are we're seeing, you know, incredible partnerships between big fitness brands with nutrition companies that are allowing people to get their workout in and then also, you know, establish healthy nutrition um, in the same app or at the same physical gym. An example that I think is so fascinating is CrossFit has launched CrossFit Precision Care, which is a new physician's network in which all the providers are actually CrossFitters themselves. So that means that the CrossFit community is able to go to a doctor who is, you know, a registered MD, but then also really innately understands the different pressures that CrossFitters are putting on their physical body. And so... I think it's just really cool that fitness brands are looking further than their kind of usual boundaries and innovating into different spaces. Yeah, that's really interesting. I mean, I remember when I started going to see a sports medicine physician and a physical therapist, both of whom were runners. It was an entirely different experience for me as a runner going to someone who understood my body, who understood my passion for like what I wanted to do. I found in my experience that these approaches and seeing these types of physicians were and have been complete game changers for me. I completely agree. I think that for people who are training or for people who, to your point, 
really want to push their body in a different way, but of course do it safely and health, you know, with, with health top of mind, you really need someone who understands those goals because I think, you know, traditional medicine can sometimes be really narrow and one size fits all in its focus as women we know this innately because a lot of traditional healthcare models are not set up for women and so I think any form of personalization of healthcare is is a great step forward and it's interesting too because it makes me think of like this saying that like one person can't do the role of four or five different people. Like you're um, going to have a MD and a therapist and maybe a physical therapist and maybe an acupuncturist and you have like this whole wellness team. So it's interesting for me to hear about the fact that these fitness facilities and brands are now looking to like kind of bring people onto their team, like create these other resources for individuals so they can have, you know, all of those different amenities, so to speak, or all of those different outlets, but get them under one umbrella. Yeah, that's exactly it. And, you know, to that point, we're really seeing nearly every single brand prioritizing, every single fitness brand prioritizing also recovery and mindfulness, Mm, because a lot mm -hmm. of these brands also understand that mental health is is of course just as important as physical health and they're both so interchangeable and you know entwined and so we're really seeing places like Apple Fitness Plus adding guided meditations and you know really every single big fitness brands you know people who use the apps or go to gyms I'm sure when they think about it will be aware of oh yeah there have been more kind of stretching sessions added to my app or added to my gym mm-hmm. lineup. There are guided meditations, you know, so I think that that's a great step forward as well. Definitely, definitely. Now, pivoting a little bit, talking about sustainable sneakers. I know that this has been something that's been super buzzy for a really long time. A statistic that you guys cited in your write up here that 70% of footwear manufacturers surveyed in a poll cite sustainability as a top priority going in to 2022. Talk to me a little bit about what else you found about sustainability when it comes to the footwear industry. I love this trend. I will say that across all of our different trends for 2022, across all verticals, sustainability is top of mind, as it should be. We're obviously in the midst of a ultra destructive climate crisis and every single brand within the well-being sphere really knows that it needs to prioritize sustainability not just for the health of the planet but also because it's good business because to that to that point you know consumers really care consumers are looking for more sustainable options and so as you said sustainable sneakers are not necessarily new but we've really mostly seen sustainability in footwear that is made for your everyday life to go for walks in, maybe go to the shops, you know, not necessarily performance sneakers. And so we're seeing that um, brands like Nike announced its move to zero campaign, which is a pledge to be carbon neutral and eliminate all production waste by 2025. Adidas is switching its production entirely to recycled polyester by 2024. Reebok, will be increasing the ratio of plant-based materials in its regrowth shoe line. And so all of these really big players very recently have made huge pledges 
to transform their performance sneaker lines. And some of the technology here with, you know, materials being made out of mushrooms, um, <laughs> kelp uh, is also a material that's being used within within performance sneakers. It's really cool. And I think it's such a positive shift in this industry. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And like you said, I mean, to be able to find a lot of the same uh, performance benefits or, you know, tech perks that we've come to know and love in these sneakers, but being able to reach for one that is made more sustainably. And with that in mind, it's such a really special moment uh, to see what's happening in the sneaker, sneaker industry and where we're going. And speaking of where we're going here, it's no secret to anyone that over the last 18, 20 months, so many of us have been leaning into at-home fitness in a way that maybe we hadn't before, which makes it no surprise to us here, you and me, that one of the last trends we'll talk about on the fitness side of things is that the future of fitness tech is bringing personal trainers to screens near you. And it's not just personal trainers in your home. Now they're using AI programming in more and more equipment so that maybe the trainer that's in your home can actually give you feedback about what it is that you're doing. Yeah, this is wild technology. I feel like anything AI really, you know, blows my mind. I'm like, wow, we're going to be working out in the metaverse soon. And it's it's really cool. But we're kind of calling this the third wave of digital fitness. You know, there was the first wave where the big players like Peloton and other kind of at-home streaming services launched. The second wave was really the race to have the coolest at-home hardware and tech. And now we're seeing this third wave where lots of people are missing that coaching element of being IRL in classes or with trainers and really want a higher level of personalization at home. So as you said, AI technology is being incorporated into hardware and tech, but also even just into newly launched apps that people can access on their phone and really all they need is internet. And so how this technology works is that AI tech really tracks movement and thus gives form people are able to get form cues based on actual in the moment movement so if someone for example is doing a squat and their knees aren't in alignment or you know they're not pushing their hips and their tailbone um far enough backwards in real time they will be coached and given cues to say you know correct this correct that and right. really this is not only personalization, which I think is going to make the whole experience more enjoyable for people who are using this tech, but also safer. You know, it's not having a professional around to give you some of these cues can be dangerous. And I think that this is a, a great step towards kind of a more rich and multifaceted training experience at home. Yeah. And I know like last year, I think it was Tonal released their form feedback function, which gives you that real time uh, yeah. information and feedback onto what you're doing. But then also to come in 2022 is Peloton's new, like, I think it's called the guide, right? That sits yes, wherever exactly. it is in front of you and gives you that same kind of feedback, but alas, without necessarily a big machine like the tonal there, which makes it a little bit more accessible perhaps for the people that don't have that kind of money to throw out into the mix. Now, what's also interesting to me, speaking of uh, maybe delivering fitness to people that are looking to spend at a lower price point, a company like the Future app that's offering $150 mm, yeah. a month personal training 
for the month. Yes. I mean, that's a really great deal if you think about kind of regardless of your geographic location. Some personal training sessions, you know, can range from maybe $50 in a smaller town to God in the city. Don't even get me started. So $150 for an entire month of personalized programming is really, really impressive. It's really impressive. And it's so funny you bring up Future because Alexia Brew, Well and Goods, one of Well and Goods co-founders, is a huge fan. She has been using Future for a couple of months now and, you know, is really all about it. And so I'm going to give it a go. I literally just started, Kate. You have? Okay. Yeah. And you're a fan. She says it's incredible. She feels like reinvigorated. Yeah. You know what it is? I think that it's what you were saying, you know, just a few minutes ago. It's talking about how you miss that, maybe like that accountability buddy or just someone to like talk to about like what's going on in your own like wellness journey. And so to have that affordable personal trainer who like knows whether or not you're doing the workout, it's not something you can fake just by like posting a sweaty selfie on social media. Like, no, like the app knows if you open the yeah. app, if you didn't open the app, it's linked to your Apple Watch. So I I'm only on, I think this is like my third week of training, but I really like this accountability factor. And like, I like someone telling me what I'm supposed to be doing. Totally. I am a big at-home fitness person well before the pandemic. I really enjoyed at-home fitness because I, as an Australian, am a very dedicated Les Mills fan. And <laughs> I, I find I really, like I've been doing Les Mills body attack since I was literally 14 or something, <laughs> you know? And so it was hard when I moved to New York to find Les Mills. And so, you know, I discovered they had an app and I was like, cool, I can do it at home, but it gets boring, you know, yeah. and having someone mix it up for you. And again, that accountability piece is so cool. Okay. I'm sold. <laughs> taking a break from today's episode to talk to you about my friends at AG1 from Athletic Greens. Can I tell you right now, I am all about just like really, really dialing in on my good for me habits. Don't get me wrong, it's always important, but right now, as God knows what is going on in our world, it's cold, it's flu season, it's everything going on, I know that it is a priority for me to be taking care of myself. And that is where my daily AG1 from Athletic Greens comes in handy. I've been taking this stuff for, God, three, four years now. It's a daily greens powder with the antioxidant equivalent of 12 servings of fruits and vegetables, plus prebiotics, probiotics, adaptogens, superfoods, literally so much goodness in just one simple scoop. I shake mine up every single day right before I head into my office with an ice cube and some cold water, an occasional lemon squeeze, and just like that, I am off. I feel a major difference in not just the way that my body feels, but my energy levels. I feel like it helps my skin. Oh, I just, at this point, I really can't imagine my day-to-day -day without AG1 from Athletic Greens. Now, of course, this is a great time of year to pick up some new healthy habits if you are not in on the AG1 from Athletic Greens gang just yet. You can get a free year supply of vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. So head on over to athleticgreens.com slash hurdle. Again, that is athleticgreens.com slash hurdle to get a year's supply of vitamin D plus five free travel packs with your purchase today.
Okay, we're going to pivot a little bit here and talk about some of the health trends that you guys found here. I'm super interested in the idea of hybrid healthcare models. So first off, talk to us about what a hybrid healthcare model really is. Yeah, absolutely. So to me, this is such an important, important trend because the US healthcare system in in kind of my mind, and we've done a lot of reporting on this at Well and Good, is is somewhat broken. You know, you have to be employed really to get health insurance. It is still ultra expensive. And coming from, you know, Australia where universal healthcare is free, it is very much people who are from other parts of the world under, have this expectation, right, that a baseline of care is free. And then if you require additional things on top, then you start to talk about payment. And so what we're seeing with a lot of these healthcare startups in this space, you know, one medical being a really popular, well-known example, is that it is value-based care. So you only pay for treatment above and beyond kind of your baseline health. So anyone who is a One Medical subscriber knows that you pay a pretty small annual fee and then you are able kind of within with that, you know, with that payment to get access to either in-person or virtual care and have kind of your annual wellness visit, have any kind of baseline core medical encounters covered. And then if there are additional needs on top of that, you can access them. And so really, this is this is kind of human centered healthcare. And there are other startups in this space that are really focused on reaching communities that have been traditionally underserved by the healthcare system. So the elderly, communities of colour, women. And so this is probably one of the most important trends on the list, because ultimately, it is great to have access to amazing fitness tech. It is great to have access to cool food trends. But if we can't have as many people as possible getting access to great, affordable healthcare, none of the other stuff really matters. Yeah. Yeah. It's interesting, right? I think it was, uh, I think the deadline for enrollment, and obviously I'm a contractor, yeah. I think the deadline was like maybe yesterday or the day before. And I had Googled, like, what is the current penalty to not have health insurance in the US? I yep. think right now it's something like seven or $800 total, which I hate, I can't believe I'm even saying the sentence. I, in 2022, as a woman in my soon to be mid 30s that is of childbearing age, although quite single and not having a baby anytime soon, uh, perfectly healthy, I will be paying $700 a month for healthcare out of pocket. And that really doesn't get me a lot either. So please, like I was sitting here being like, for the first time in my life asking, do I want to not have health insurance for 2022? It's frightening, right? It is so unfortunate that we are in this space where I am sitting here debating whether or not, like how I should handle my health. Because yeah, it seems very attractive to pay like $700 for like the penalty and then like whatever the one medical membership fee is like, that sounds great to me, but my anxiety wouldn't let me do it. It wouldn't happen. I know it's so, and you know, you're an incredibly successful person who is doing, you know, really well in their career, but has just chosen not to go you know, the path of being full-time employed. And so the fact that you have to even question whether you have healthcare slash pay that 
huge amount is really wild. You know, that yeah. that could be up towards $15,000 a year and that is incredibly inaccessible and just, right. you know, it blows again, not to be, I'm an Australian, but to be a little bit like that, it really blows my mind. And yeah, so I, I think that, yeah, this is a really important <laughs> shift. It's insane. It's insanity. I think uh, the number one reason, aside from like mm, companionship and sexual intimacy, for me to find a life partner is probably so that we can just get on the same health insurance. Totally. Yeah. <laughs> Love that for you. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, man. Okay. So we're talking here. We talked here about. Uh, the importance of hybrid healthcare models. Let's also talk a little bit uh, that kind of goes hand in hand with this about the pandemic era telehealth boom. Uh, you guys highlighted this as a trend when it comes to access for the abortion pill. I feel like the last few days, obviously, I know that you know there's a lot of legislation happening right now, but I feel like every other sentence, if I'm not hearing about COVID, I am hearing about the abortion pill. I listened to a really informative and I would say like helpful episode of The Daily, I think that came out maybe two days ago about the abortion pill. And I didn't even know anything about it. So it's really interesting to see what's happening here. It is really interesting. And, you know, there is that saying that often innovation is born of really tricky times. And I think this is a good example of that. We're seeing many different states trying to clamp down on abortion access. And abortion rights in the US have really never seems more under threat than this year, but a really encouraging trend is these healthcare startups that are making medication abortions more accessible. And so medication abortions aren't new. They have been around, but have never been more needed than now, because while we have seen, you know, the kind of destigmatization of abortion kind of growing and growing and growing over decades and decades of incredible work by organizations like Planned Parenthood, we have also seen certain states wanting to clamp down. And so current state legislation allows telehealth abortion providers in 32 states through a concept called advanced provision. And then people in all 50 states are able to access abortion pills by mail before they actually need it. And so that's incredible. And actually just yesterday, may have been the day before, what is time? It was Biden signed something that meant that medication abortions are now available via telehealth and via mail, I believe, in all states. And so that is just so incredible because it means that women in states where their rights are under threat can kind of rest somewhat easy in the idea that they can get this you know, via telehealth, via a, a consultation with someone on the phone or on Zoom, that they can get this medication um, that they may so desperately need. And so we have incredible providers in this space like Hey Jane, which is um, a telehealth startup that's operating in New York, California and DC. And they've just raised a ton of money to expand into 19 states. And we're seeing, you know, they're just one example of lots of kind of good action going on in this space. Another trend that you guys highlighted, which I certainly, I feel like last over the last couple of years, we've seen a lot about psychedelics. Psychedelics are poised to change the course of mental health treatment. I went a few weeks back to a preview for a higher dose and like checked out their new infrared sauna blanket. And something that they're doing is this new YouTube series that I believe is called Biohack Her. 
H-E-R. Um, and one of the founders, Lauren, was like going through what was a supervised psychedelic treatment that I watched on YouTube. And I was like, this is just insane that this is where we are it today. I know. I know. It's so wild. And look, there's a long, long road ahead for kind of legalization in the area of psychedelics. However, there is so much research going on in this space. And I think that com- this conversation is just becoming much more part of mainstream culture. We're seeing, you know, Nine Perfect Strangers got people talking. There was some episodes in The Bold Type where you know, assisted therapy with psychedelics um, was described. And we are going to just see so much chat about this because they're, you know, traditional kind of medical treatments for mental health conditions are great for a lot of people. So, you know, SSRIs are really effective, but for a portion of the population, they're not. And there aren't a lot of options for people who find themselves not responding to SSRIs and really suffering from mental health conditions. And so microdosing of um, drugs like psilocybin, ketamine, even MDMA, again, very much with this assisted therapy model are proving to be really effective in clinical trials. And, you know, it is very reputable institutions that are carrying out these trials at scale. So, so much interesting, interesting developments to to pay attention to here because it is certainly an evolving space. And I think that we're just going to be talking about it more and more. Yeah. Ketamine. That's what she, she tried. It's interesting, yes. right? Because it's like you're, um, you're doing, you may be pursuing treatment that involves these drugs because you're trying to work through your mental health. But I think about like the idea of going in to try something like this and my anxiety would just be like so astronomical that I don't even know like how those two go together. I know. It's really funny because I am someone who suffers from generalized anxiety and like, you know, does have, and, and I'm on an SSRI and have had, you know, great experience with it. So I'm with you. I'm like, really taking MDMA or ketamine or psilocybin? But real, you know, kind of the studies prove, and I guess as more research comes out, people like you and I will just become more and more comfortable with the idea of like, okay, people at scale have tried this and had great, you know, great um, results with it. And so maybe in a couple of years, we'll feel differently. But right now, you know, I just get weird throwbacks to my early 20s. And, you know, I'm like, oh, I don't know this. uh, Yeah, maybe not for me right now. But I love that this has been researched because I think the more options for people with mental health conditions, the better. The last thing I think that we'll talk about here today, let's talk about the pelvic floor. The trend here, pelvic floor, getting serious about caring for it. Why is it important that we talk about pelvic floor and that we care about what it does? Yeah, so I think that there is a real, you know, the kind of pervasive idea around the pelvic floor is that it's only women who are recently postpartum or older women that may suffer from pelvic floor issues. And that's just not the case. Everyone has a pelvic floor, even men. And, you know, it is a a muscle like any other muscle in our body and it needs to be 
worked upon because it is incredibly important um, for many, many, many different functions within the body. And so we're seeing this kind of surge in interest around the pelvic floor as people are more comfortable talking about pelvic floor issues they may be experiencing. And then as so often happens in the well-being space, as soon as people are comfortable talking about a problem, suddenly there is all this innovation to kind of meet that problem. And so we're seeing that not only is there a rise in education around the pelvic floor and podcasts and social media accounts really dedicated to shifting this conversation, but there are also launches like Kegel Bell, Kegel Release Curve, the fourth forthcoming keg, which are really poised to help people proactively work their pelvic floor. Lots of personal trainers are also, um, you know, becoming more dedicated to helping patients work this muscle. And, you know, it's, it's kind of a fascinating space. I have, you know, honestly, as a woman in my mid thirties, I have in the last couple of years, started thinking more about my pelvic floor because I think you get to a certain age and you're like, oh, that star jump felt a little bit different, you know, and you start (laughs) to, and I have lots of friends who are having children and hearing lots of stories from them. And I think that having tools to be able to, you know, fix any pelvic floor or support any pelvic floor issues um, is very helpful. I just jotted down a note because I realized that I haven't actually done any like dedicated episodes to pelvic floor health. And I feel as though I remember a few months back or maybe even a year ago now, I did uh, a piece of content for maybe women's health about it and did some research over social reach out, excuse me, to find out women that had dealt with pelvic floor issues on their own time, whether it was post after having children or not. And the amount of response that I got and so many women just being like, thank you for talking about this. Like I feel so alone and like, I'm such like an oddball because I experienced issues with this, but that's really not the case at all. So I agree with you. The The more regularity that we can talk about this issue, the more um, we can kind of destigmatize this issue and the more that we can foster a better positive conversation about the importance of taking care of your pelvic floor, the, the less, you know, awkward and better and more access we will have. Totally. And, you know, just on that note, the reporter who reported out this trend spoke to so many experts for this and it's really not, you know, I want all people, all women and femmes in particular to know that so many people have some version of a pelvic floor issue because we haven't spent a lot of time and attention with it and it is so essential for kind of lots of bodily functions like controlling bladder and the bowels, say that 10 times over, and also allowing for healthy sexual function. And lots of people are experiencing issues. And so, you know, people certainly aren't alone. And hopefully over the next year, um, more and more people understand that to be the case. What are you excited about for 2022, Kate? Give us the lowdown. Yeah, it's so hard because obviously I've been living and breathing these trends for the last couple of months, so it's hard to to pick a favorite. But I am really excited about the developments in the healthcare space. I think that the more that healthcare in this country becomes accessible and also really personalized um, for various different communities, the better. And I think something that we didn't necessarily talk about at length because it it wasn't 
as covered. It wasn't covered as much in our trends this year, but it was a big trend last year and one that I think will continue over the next couple of decades is just how much telemedicine is also supporting mental health. And we're seeing that trend continuing, continuing to grow. And so I think that's um, an incredibly important piece of this puzzle as well. Yeah, I would love to see a telemedicine mental health app that has similar pricing to future. I think that's yes. kind of like what's missing in the space right now. We see a lot of these like texting apps if you want to talk about like talk space, for example. Yeah. But once you start uh, seeking to consult with an actual person one-on-one, the prices that go hand in hand with an app like Talkspace do go up. So I think that that's something that someone out there I'm sure is innovating on. And I would love to see that come down the pipe to make mental health care a little bit more accessible for us here at home. Yeah. Couldn't agree more. It's such a, it's such a good point. And hopefully we see that hit the market in 22. Any other words of wisdom to leave the hurdlers with that they're closing out the year and looking forward to what's to come? The only thing that I'll say is I think that in the well-being space, it's easy to feel overwhelmed sometimes with all of the newness and all of the innovation. And so it is really top of mind for me that I never want anyone to read lists like this and feel pressured to like throw out their kind of existing and you know, really helpful well-being routines and feel like they need to replace it with all new things. And so I would say that if you have a well-being routine that's working for you, stick with it. It really is all about those fundamentals that make you feel good. And then if there are areas that you do want to kind of tune up, then it's great. There are resources out there for you. And then kind of coupled with that, everyone should just try and close their ears and their eyes to all the pressure that they're going to get in January to try and become different people, make their body look a different way. It all honestly is BS. And I hope that people can ignore that as much as possible and just have a great break in the kind of 21 to 22 transition. A nice little transition. Well, of course, for the entire wellness trends list, you can head on over to wellandgood.com. Kate, how do the hurdlers follow along with you? How do they keep up with you? Give me all of your details. Yes. So you can find me on Instagram at Caitlin Elise and also listen to the Well and Good podcast, which I on which I'm one of the co-hosts. And you can find that on all the different places that you find this excellent podcast. Love it. Love it. I'm over at Emily Abadi and at Hurdle Podcast. Another hurdle conquered. Catch you guys next time.